0: Amen. Please be seated. It's raining a little bit up on the platform this morning. I don't know if you noticed. Just a drop here and there, so don't be disturbed if you see it during the sermon, okay? Well, we are going to begin a series in the book of Philippians A couple weeks from now. We have a sermon this morning that sort of has to do with the new year. We have another sermon that stands alone next Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, we're going to launch a three-month series working our way through the book of Philippians. It'll take us all the way to Easter Sunday. And I'm thrilled for that. But I'm also thrilled for these next two weeks. And so if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to join me in James chapter 4 verses 13 through 17. Here we are gathered for worship on January 1st, 2020, ooh, excuse me, 2023. We've got a brand new year stretching out in front of us, and when we come to new years like this, a lot of times what we do in our minds is we project out into the future, and we wonder to ourselves what on earth does God have in store for me, for you, for the planet in this coming year? We can't help it. It's just one of the things we do. We reflect back a little bit to the year before and we gaze into the future. And so I thought, what better topic for a sermon than the will of God on January 1st as we wonder what God's will might look like heading into this new year. I have friends who say things like, I'm just following God's will for my life. Or they say, I just knew it was God's will that I take this job, that I marry this woman, that I start my own business. They seem so much more sure of the will of God than I have ever been in my entire life. And I wonder, what is the role of the will of God in our lives and following after God? What exactly is the will of God? And where have we gotten our notion of it? Does that notion come from Scripture Or does it come from someplace else? We're going to take a few minutes talking through these ideas this morning. So let me read from James 4, 13 to 17 as we get underway. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. If anyone, then, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for our chance to be gathered together today in the midst of brothers and sisters in Christ. Acknowledge your presence here with us, and we are thrilled to be beginning a brand new year in your presence. And yes, we wonder, we're curious about what lies ahead. I pray that in these next few minutes, you would reveal a bit of your will to us as we study your scripture. Give us eyes to see just what you want us to see in this text. Give us hearts that are soft and ready to receive whatever you choose to reveal, and give us conviction that's strong so that we can live out these truths every day we pray all of us now in your name amen so when we talk about the will of god most of the time what people are thinking about is the future and listen to what james has to say about the future from that text he begins by saying you don't even know what will happen tomorrow immediately he quashes this notion of a knowledge of the future He goes on to say, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. He reminds us of the brevity of life for ourselves and for everyone and everything around us. He continues on, instead, you ought to say, if if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So there is the mention here of God's will, but I want you to notice that there's no mention of actually knowing God's will for the future. Instead, there's the idea of submitting to God's will, whatever it might be. And there's a focus on immediate opportunities. In verse 17, we read, whoever knows the good they ought to do. So there's this emphasis on knowing what we ought to do right now, right here, and deciding whether or not we want to act on that good. Maybe the best way to approach this is to consider the conventional understanding of the will of God and then to compare it against the scriptural understanding. Let's do that. I'll start with the conventional understanding. The conventional approach to all of this is to seek to determine a specific pathway we should follow. And we call that pathway God's will for my life. Or perhaps God's will for 2023. But now we have to find out what it is. Before we can follow it, somehow we have to discern it. And there are many paths to choose from, but only one is the right path, which means there's a lot of potential to miss God's will. Have you ever been told this? Or have you ever felt this? You're seeking after God's will, and in your head, you've got this idea that there's just a a marked-out pathway. And one step off of that marked-out pathway, and you are completely outside of God's will. You are completely outside of God's plan, completely outside of God's grace, perhaps. And sometimes there can be a lot of anxiety that comes along with this. When I was younger, someone described to me that God's will is like driving down the freeway and he'll let you know when it's time to exit that freeway. The problem is, I always seem to be in the fast lane when my exit comes and I miss it altogether. And then I've got anxiety. Oh no, I'm out of God's will. How am I ever going to get back? How am I going to fight the traffic and get to the place where God wants me to be? That comes along with this conventional understanding of a single path and God, hoping that we stay on that path. There's a special, special danger here for those who have walked with God for a while as well. If we've walked with God for a while, we begin to imagine that our present state of things must be God's will. And that it will always remain the same. And we begin to imagine that God has actually promised us exactly what we're experiencing today. So if we're in a good space, we think, well, God's with me. God's will for me is... No trouble, no disease, no struggle. And if we begin to believe that enough, when something changes, we can be devastated. We've set ourselves up for that fall. We've decided this is exactly what God's will is. And so what went wrong? Has God lost control? Or have I done something wrong when in reality we're just living life and those bad things have come along? We have to beware if we walk with God for a while and guard ourselves against believing that What we've always experienced must be God's will for us forever. So that's kind of the conventional understanding of the will of God, but I think it differs a bit from the biblical understanding, at least the biblical approach that has been described by James in James chapter 4. His approach has a distinct focus on finding God's will for today, for this moment. Let me offer three characteristics of James's approach to determining God's will. Number 1. This biblical understanding takes into account the known and unknown will of God. We often act like we haven't got a clue as to what God wants us to do and frankly that's nonsense. We know so much of what God wants us to do, to love, to serve, to pray, to obey, and all of these things are listed out for us in painstaking detail in the scriptures. We just tend to be more interested in the future, in God's unrevealed will, and we ignore the revealed will while we pine away to know the things he hasn't shared with us. The biblical understanding takes into account the known and unknown will of God. Secondly. The biblical understanding recognizes that we are on a need-to-know basis with God. Raise your hand if you like being on a need-to-know basis with anyone in this world. Anyone like that? Feel like you're in the dark, you don't have the details you want? Someone did, I like that. Um, But we are on a need-to-know basis with God. God will let us know his unrevealed will if we need to know it. And this drives us crazy. But God isn't hiding things from us he's not playing games with us God is always clear when he needs to be and he always lets us know when we need to know we need to trust that that's the case with God it's just that he's already revealed so much that we don't do let's get busy doing that first and who knows what God might choose to reveal in the aftermath So the biblical understanding recognizes that we are on a need-to-know basis with God. And finally, the biblical understanding focuses on little choices instead of obsessing over the big ones. We worry the most about the big ones, don't we? What college should I attend? What job should I take? What career should I pursue? What spouse should I marry? And all of those have to do with the future but all oh, the amount of consternation and energy we pour into worrying about making the right decision. Meanwhile, we make thousands of daily decisions without thought at all. They're the ones that we do every single day. Imagine the cumulative effect of those thousands of decisions that we almost mindlessly make, all the while focusing on the future that we just can't see no matter what we do. Many of the big decisions that we fret over don't mean much at all. If we're not living well now, if we're not living well today. And so what is God's will for 2023? I have no clue. I can look in the scriptures and I can tell you the way of life that Jesus described and the way of life that the epistles reinforce. And that's a good thing. That'll give me a sense of it. In fact, I've got enough to keep me busy all year long just looking at those things. But all those mysterious things about, you know, what might come, what blessings, what challenges, all the rest, I don't know. You don't know. I wish I could help. I wish I could share more with you about that. I wish I had a pipeline to de- declare God's will to you, but I don't. But each one of us can lay ourselves before God in each new day and say, God, what's your will for me right now? We wake up each day, we glance at our calendar, and we think, God, how do you want to use me today? How can I be a blessing to others today? What does the way of Jesus look like as I live my life today? One day at a time. And then when you get to day number two of 2023, God, what does today look like? What do you want me to do? How can I be a blessing? And then another day, and another day, and another day. That's the way that we live out God's will. The will of God today. You could even go to the will of God this moment. That's the gracious opportunity we have at the beginning of every new year gazing into the future, dreaming a bit about what what it might hold, but knowing that as we live out our faith, it's a day-by-day experience. The other side of that beautiful coin is that if we goof, if we blow it, if we miss our freeway exit, wake up next day and do it better. That's all it has to do with. A loving relationship with the living God who reveals his will to us as we need it all the while us living as beautiful blessings in this world because of what he's done in us. So don't miss what lies in front of you today because you are consumed with worry about the future. As we begin this new year together, I encourage you to pray for God's guidance, to read the scriptures and be serious about following them, to seek the counsel of brothers and sisters in Christ, to look for the signs that the Holy Spirit provides and to search your heart in the presence of the living God. What will this year bring? Certainly blessings and guidance that come from our loving God. Let me pray for us now. Lord God, you are so good. And we don't want to be on a need-to-know basis. But you've given us so much to do in the meantime. I pray that you would free each of us from any anxiety that the future holds, I pray that you would remind us in each new day as we move into this new year that you are already waiting for us in the future, that there is no ambiguity for you, and because we know you and trust you, because we love you and we know that you love us, we will leave our future in your hands as we live out our present according to you, your love, and your teachings. We commit ourselves to you in this brand new year. We can't wait to see what you will bring. I pray all of these things in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.